More than half of all companies globally are family-owned or operated. Family businesses contribute 70% of the world's GDP and account for 65% of jobs. Their voices are important. Their stories must be told. Brought to you by the award-winning publication, Tharavat Magazine. This is the Family Business Voice with your host, Ramya Elagami. COVID-19 has given health and well-being an immediacy that few regarded with before the crisis. However, awareness of health and well-being is different from knowing how to maintain it. To get some perspective on the issue, we spoke to Faisal Ali Pai, founder and CEO of Geneticare, the world's first family health office. Informed by his work supporting others as well as his own experiences, Faisal offers actionable insight on how we can look after our physical, emotional, relational and spiritual selves, as well as our businesses, while isolated and at home. Enjoy this episode with Faisal. Welcome to the Family Business Voice. Thank you. Thank you very much for having me. We're super happy to have you. So maybe to start off, it's really astonishing. When we look around us right now and hear the discourse and the dialogue around this pandemic, what's striking, I find, is to hear a lot of people almost speak about their own health as if it's the first time that they're actually confronting it, isn't it? Like, it's very interesting. So this sort of panic has certainly heightened everyone's awareness of what keeps me healthy, am I healthy, etc. So why do you think it is so hard for human beings to be aware of their health or of what makes them healthy or of what is good for them in a normal status quo situation? Why are we in such firm denial? And why does it only become something that we are like so aware of in this kind of crisis situation? What is your view on that? You know, when you look at the average person, they become busy being busy, right? Mm -hmm. And this is not the average, even the people at the top, right? So it's always, to me, it's about sustainable, right? What Mm -hmm kind of way of life are you creating that's sustainable so yeah. you know when I, I speak to ceos and say oh yeah i go to the gym or i go to with a trainer or i go to kickboxing or whatever they're doing for an hour three times a week the first question mm-hmm. i ask is the timing of of when they're doing it because if it's in the afternoon we all know as a ceo there's a high probability it'll be canceled right secondly it's not sustainable when they travel and most of them travel six months of the year so the question becomes why it's not at a default is because I feel that people set themselves up for failure. They mm-hmm. set up programs and protocols that are not sustainable. Mm-hmm. So we help people set up a 20-minute protocol, which is a combination of meditation, some form of stretch, and some form of cardio, mm-hmm. right? In that 30 minutes, sorry, not 20, in that 30 minutes, so 10, 10, 10. So that way, even when they're traveling, it's very hard for somebody to tell me I don't have 30 minutes Mm-hmm. even though I've just taken a 12-hour flight or a 14-hour flight. But the question that you're asking is, why are, is it so hard for people to have it as a default, right? Mm-hmm. And not put health as a priority. Mm-hmm. I agree and disagree. There's a lot of people that have done it, but they've done it more on the physical side. So mm-hmm. they are doing the workout. They are doing you know, more attentive to as to what they eat. But what yes. they're not looking at is what are the elements that prepare us for today, Yes. right? which is quality of sleep. Mm. Second, the thoughts, right? So the mind training, which we spoke before the podcast about. Then the feelings, right? That emotional state, right? So differentiating emotion and feeling and the Mm. relational state. 
because I know what will come as we talk will be about the children and relationships and communication and connection, right? So on one hand, many of us didn't have enough time with our family members and Mm. craved it and enjoyed it and loved it when we went on holiday. And now all of a sudden, we've got excess and the challenges begin, Mm. right? Because now we get to see behind or below or beneath the kimono. Mm-hmm. Because now it's hide. It's difficult to hide the cracks and the issues that are day to day. I think it's very interesting the way that you've taken this, because I think another very revealing thing about our society uh, as humans in general is how people have reacted to isolation. And you're perfectly right. I think what really comes to the fore is this. Well, I mean, some reactions have been quite hilarious, to be honest with you. Like, I find like some of the things are going around on the internet of people showing their home life in isolation is, is quite frankly very entertaining. They take a very humorous, humorous approach to recording it, especially dealing with smaller children. It's, it's, uh, it's lovely to see people take it with a sense of humor in this difficult time. But then there's also a lot of people who are truly made unhappy by this situation because of what you mentioned, which is that it, of course, puts an extra emphasis on things that might not have been working in the first place and that might be very revealing in this in this moment in time coping mechanisms i think like today what we see a lot here is that a lot of people are rarely in a situation where it's required for them to have an actual coping mechanism and this yeah. is one of those moments isn't it this is one of yeah. those moments where force majeure you don't have a choice you have to do this and everybody does how do you Cope. Now, where do you think in our education we lack emphasis on coping mechanisms for certain situations? And how, as an adult today, like, you know, that hasn't been forced to cope with a lot of complex situations, how can I trigger healthy coping mechanisms in this current situation? What do you think? Okay, so first to the education system, right? Clearly, the element of learning to be truly present and engaged. Now, as a child, this is your default, mm-hmm. right? You're always engaged, you're always present. You don't need to teach a child to be present and engaged. Mm-hmm. They're always there, right? As people get older, that training, right, of meditation, which allows you to you know, balance the parasympathetic and sympathetic nervous system is not there. Yeah. That training is not there to remain calm, irrespective of your environment right? Which is what's happened now, right? The environment has completely changed. And now you need to choose to be either calm or anxious to either react or respond, right? And choose. Remember, there's two things you control in life, the meaning you give to everything that happens and your response or reaction. So we have families who are truly grateful that they are actually able to have meals as a family, okay? Maybe not breakfast, but at least lunch and dinner. Yeah. Many of them in Asia, especially, would not even make it home for dinner because the kids are eating early. You know, Asia, we work long hours and they would never be home. And now they get to enjoy all these meals together. So that's the gratitude, right? Mm-hmm. The ability to, they always say, the family that eats together stays together, right? Mm-hmm. And what it actually means is the family that chews together, chooses together. And what you mean by chew is digest, conversation, converse, mm-hmm. share. And then digest Mm -hmm. means that we all align and agree. So you have an opportunity now to do what you weren't able to do or didn't have the opportunity to do before. Our role in genetic care, what do we do? We help families build resilience for one of the things that are guaranteed, which is change. And people say to me, wait a minute, how could you have planned for this? It's not about planning for this specific moment. 
as in yeah. Corona, because we didn't know Corona existed, right? Well, not this one, right? We're talking about planning for the unexpected. And mm-hmm. how do you do that is by building physical resilience, which many people that I think you're referring to have, because they're more or less quote unquote healthy. I'm talking from yeah. a eating, drinking, and movement perspective. Sure. Then we look at the sleep side. Then you look at the thoughts. Now, what can they do? Learning meditation, great. You know, it's a good time to do it. It's a perfect time to do it. Then we talk about thoughts and emotions. Yes, some people have coaches, some people have mentors. But even if you don't, just take a simple journal and start writing. Start with 12 minutes if you want to time it. If not, just write every day, designate a time, and put it in. And in that, a lot of people will say gratitude. Bring in some gratitude in that space. And then when it comes to feelings, I mean, when it comes to to relationships, ask your family members or the people around you, Mm -hmm. how are you feeling? These are all the protocols we do in advance that when this happens, the question to ask is, what is the opportunity here? Mm. Not what has been taken away, what I'm Mm. not allowed to do, right? What can I co-create in this time and space? And based on what we're seeing, this is at least an eight-week process, right? So you Mm. have six, seven, eight weeks left to rethink your way of being. When would you have that opportunity, as we say in business, to work on your business, not in your business? Yes. But this is to work on your life, on your well-being from a physical, mental, emotional, relational perspective, which I know it's easier said than done. Maybe also like one of the lessons here in this time of isolation is, of course, that we are confronted with the level of denial that we sort of allow within our lives, right? Like in a, in a day-to-day under normal circumstances and the level of distraction. And I know this is another thing that you're very particular about. Talk to us a little bit more about, I mean, of course, we all have used part of this isolation to binge watch Netflix and or whatever, like, you know, Disney, Disney <laughs> Plus just yourself. came out here. You yourself, know, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm not going to pretend I was above that opportunity, Faisal. It's true. I did it. I did it. And it was fun. So, but the thing is, like, obviously, like, at some point, you will, as you, as you said before about your son, you will run out of seasons of Friends to watch and rewatch. And, you know, you will eventually, it's actually possible to run out of distractions, which I find very interesting. And so then you are inevitably confronted with what everyone, like, you know, most people try to avoid, which is that self, that encounter with the self and everything. And there we come, of course, also to the phase where, maybe we don't want to think about the now because it's hard for us to anticipate the tomorrow. Because of course, what this has created is universal uncertainty, which seems to be one of the hardest things for people to cope with emotionally and mentally. So when it comes to that degree of uncertainty, and you have worked in a lot of markets that were very challenging, like so your family actually built a big success in markets where uncertainty was basically your breakfast yeah. in the morning. And you never knew, <laughs> right? like you never knew what was going to happen yeah. to, to a very in extreme extent, actually, like in having worked in circumstances which are very adverse, of course. And so what is it that you think that made you guys be resilient in the face of those things? And what allows you today as well, like, you know, to be, calm in thinking about a post-corona world and what it will mean to you, your family, to your businesses? Like what allows you to sort of like take a very sort of like centered approach to that thought process? The thing is that I think first it's, I think we need to separate what we can control and what we can't control. That's why I mentioned earlier, we control two things in life, the meaning 
we give to everything that happens and our response. So we have to first remember what is really in our control, actually very little. So if we start to separate that and understand that and accept that, then all this anxiousness actually has no value because you don't have control of many, many, many things, pretty much a lot of things, right? So the idea is that once I accept that, then I start to look at, I have a choice. How do I respond? So coming to your question, one is routine. So what is very important is to create a routine for yourself and for your family. And in that routine means lunchtime, dinner time, some family game time at night. And then, of course, some form of exercise. And then if you are up for it, which I highly recommend, this is the superpower. Whether you talk to Ray Dalio, whether you talk to a lot of the real successful people, meditation, right? This Mm -hmm. is what crushes it. But again, like you mentioned, right, that we're not used to being with ourselves. In all the things we work, you know, we provide a service to many, many families around the world. The most resisted item is the silent retreat. Mm. Because that is a time for you to be with yourself. And as you get still, everything that's been suppressed with all that distraction you talked about starts to come up. up. Right? Mm. But that's the truth coming up, right? And then you get to choose what to do with it. Now, of course, we do it in a very you know, a controlled environment where there's, you know, the the coaches are there and the mentors are there to support you as all this stuff comes up. But that is what is being resisted. But this is what it's being called for right now. It's being, you know, this isolation is challenging for most because they've never been in silence with themselves. And especially for so long period of time, being alone is not easy. So the idea is how to stay connected with family. Today, we have all the technology to do like what we're doing, right? Whether it's Zoom, whether it's WhatsApp, whether it's Skype, whatever format you want to use to stay connected, right? There's people I know Mm. that are having meals together on different continents, Mm. right? So they're all eating together, you know, at the same time and chatting as if they're all there. So we have to start being a little more creative to be able to create that human connection. But again, Mm. asking very importantly, whether you're in person or not, how are you feeling, right? What is coming up for you? How can I support you? How can I be of service? How can I help you? The number one immunity is love and care. So this is the time to up the game on that space. Now, it's not Mm -hmm. easy, right? Because like I said, you've got the children, for those who are married with kids, you've got the work, you've got this uncertainty of whether you have a job, you have this uncertainty of whether or not the company is going to survive or whatever, right? I mean, it's just Mm -hmm. your, your portfolios are completely gone sideways uh depending on the currency you hold your currency of course your privilege you're in swiss francs so yours is getting stronger (laughs) one of the few we are we are we are neutral we are neutral in the face of this virus i would like you to know the virus might have a bank account with us somewhere it's not certain yet we haven't confirmed (laughs) so so i'm giving a lot of examples but i think what's important is routine it's very important a lot of people have never had to have that kind of a rigorous routine at home because, as you said, of course, their structure comes from outside influences, so office times, school times, etc. So having to do that oneself is a huge exercise in personal discipline, in managing relationships and expectations there. But then there's another emotion that I'd like to discuss with you, Faisal, which comes into this situation, which I think is an emotion that 
is, of course, not many people experience on a regular basis or like not to this extent, which is the emotion of actual fear. So actual fear of getting it, of other people we love getting it, of dying. Like there's, I've, I've spoken to a lot of people about that fear that they experience in the face of something that could invade them, invade their lives, right? Like in a virus is such an interesting phenomenon if you think about it, because it's the ultimate equalizer, isn't it? Because it doesn't make a difference between your status of wealth. Like you can joke about Switzerland, but we're just as affected, if not more than other countries. You know, it did not, it did not stand at the border and, and think about its passport, right? Like it really, it just, it goes, right? Like it goes. And, and so, <laughs> it's true. So I think that this fear at such a primal level of, I don't want to get sick or I don't want other people to get sick. And I basically want to, going back to that idea, I want to survive. I think that's something that we are not in touch with very often as a society, right? Like as a so-called civilized society, I guess. So what do you think are the consequences of that emotion in people's mindsets? And what do you think, you know, can turn that fear into a positive force or a positive drive as opposed to downright outright panic and freeze you know like deer in the headlights sort of a situation what do you think i mean obviously you're talking about the old part of the brain right which is fight mm. or flight that's what's going on right so most exactly. people are going into that zone their cortisol levels are are completely out of whack their parasympathetic and sympathetic nervous systems are out of whack and uh, everybody is in that space right which is what you're talking about i wouldn't say everybody many people are now, of course, the preparation, I don't want to sound like a broken record, is obviously to, you know, meditation is the space that's like a head cleaner that cleans out all mm. of that things that are not serving you. Mm. Now, is it too late to begin? No, of course not. Now, if I tell somebody, don't worry, that's actually opposite, right? They're going to worry because I was already in negation in my comment. So the reality is, is that you know, what can you do right now? You know, I've, I've, I've written a book, as you know, and, and in the four steps, the first step is to embrace what is. Now, mm -hmm. most people are not embracing what is. They're actually accepting it at the most, right? You said denial, but let's say they accept it. But acceptance is actually, is a giving in or a giving up. Embracing is gaining. Right. You're actually gaining from that space. Mm -hmm. So the first mm -hmm. step is how can I embrace this situation which only will come from the space of me saying, what is the opportunity here? Mm -hmm. So looking at the positive side, and you can do a SWOT analysis if you're you know, hardcore in the business world. Do a SWOT and, and really mm -hmm. sit down and look at what are, like we say, the strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats in this space. And you will be surprised at the opportunities and the strengths that are available mm -hmm. to you. Then you look at the second step is trust. This is where is what's being challenged. Do we trust life? Do we trust the universe? Do we trust God? Do we trust, yeah. in many cases, the government? Do we trust society? Do we trust community? And that trust comes from responsibility. Yeah. So in Asia, it's a very collective society where people take responsibility not for themselves, but for the other person. Mm. Right? And that's what's coming in today is that not only do I have to trust myself and my family, I need to trust beyond. It's true. Which is a tall order. Then we go to the third step, which is calm. Am I going to remain calm or am I going to be anxious? Yeah. Am I going to be fearful? The word you use, fear. Now, if I'm calm, then I can have clarity of mind to be in a state of flow where I make the choices that are in the best interest of not only myself, 
my loved ones, my family at large, my community, my country, and the world at large, right? Because that's what's mm. being truly tested is that are we going to move from me to we? That's what's happening. You know that, right? I mean, mm. like you said, there are no borders. Mm. That's what global trade was supposed to be about. That's what globalization is supposed to be about. Mm. No borders. But look what's happening. The mm. first thing we did was shut our borders. Yeah. The trust, I think the trust thing really hit home for me right now because it's actually something that we tend to second guess very seldom, seldomly when we are healthy and when everything is okay. Like, you know, we don't think that much consciously. I think about like, who do we trust and, and all of these things. And I think you're very right in pointing out the big differences between societies there as we look at different regions of the world because it makes a huge difference on whether you're part of a collective society or whether you're part of a more individualistic society like we're in the West. And I think that makes influences that a lot. But more to the point of like confronting all of these emotions now in this current situation, I think what a lot of people really want is something to look forward to. I think the question that everyone had in common, aside from are you healthy, am I healthy, yeah. Yeah. was when is it going to be over? But you know what's interesting about that question? I've come to realize because so many different people ask me that. Yeah. When is it going to be over? Or ask themselves that. Obviously, I don't have the answer, clearly. So I think what they're asking more here is what's going to happen to us yeah. after? How am I suddenly confronted with a situation where I can't plan? Right, like where I don't have anything to look forward to, basically, because I'm I'm so unsure of what happens. So I just wanted to sort of like to just round off the conversation because you gave us so much good advice. But here, this is I think is a very deep need from people right now is to know like, okay, if I come to you today, Faisal, so like Faisal, like you know, how can I still look forward to things in a time where I don't know how long the situation is going to last? So now, how can you help me in like you know creating a mindset or like creating a thought process? That helps me. All right. Tall order. Tall order. Uh, right, <laughs> you so. can do it. You can do it. I believe in you. <laughs> <laughs> well, I actually, I actually had to do it when I was diagnosed with cancer, right? The first mm. book I received was The Power of Losing Control. Mm. And that's one word we didn't talk about, right? Mm. What's happened control. is that our control, especially for those type A like myself, is gone. The predictability is gone, mm. right? So this is why, you know, when, when we started... Uh, this space, and I used to work when I used to talk to a lot of the CEOs, they thought the workout and the soup and the salad was enough. Mm. And then the world changed. And the mm. soup, the salad and the workout no longer was enough. Their sleep mm. got stressed. Their thoughts were all over the place. Their feelings were, you know, uncontrollable. And like you said, their relationships, starting with themselves, were completely shaken up, because they were no longer able to predict. Mm, mm. right and that's where the world changed yeah well it's part of the anxiety though like i would say like it's part of the and definitely these practical things like these can really help in regaining a sense of control i think it's very good that you're introducing that word here as well yeah, absolutely right so the other thing is children right so mm. I, I had somebody on the phone today who's actually still thinks that the children would go back to school before summer i mean come on Mm. who's going to take that risk we're in week 10 and we already know none of the kids in hong kong are going to go to school until september or august mm. right and and we're in week 10 so that again what is education going to look like mm. i know a lot of people whose kids are realizing i should have been homeschooled because they're doing much better on online they're able to control their time as they want and learn as fast as they want 
and how they want because now it's their time calendar. Mm. So I think there's a lot of cans or a lot of stuff that's going to come out, right? Again, work, working from the office, is that really going to be the new way after we experience eight, 10 weeks of working remotely? I think these are things people may not be talking about, but Mm. this is what's coming up inside. Absolutely. What is my life going to look like? What is the world going to look like? People who own real estate, especially commercial real estate, are wondering, Mm. are these offices going to have values? Yeah. And then the relationships. I mean, there's a lot of pressure on relation. Like you said, the the things that were under the rug are now coming up. Mm. And so my advice, I'm not talking about genetic care, just generally is there's two things that I want my children to learn before I go. One is you always have choice. Mm. No matter the pain, no matter the anxiety, no matter the uncertainty, no matter the understandability, you have choice. Mm. Don't have to follow everybody else. Second, ask for help. Mm. What does it cost? Mm. What could take you one minute could take me a week. Why should I not ask Ramya to help me? Yeah, absolutely. And we all know the most incredible feeling on earth is the feeling of giving. Mm. So why not give Ramya the opportunity to feel incredible by asking for help she feels elated. I get the help I need. And we're all good. Win-win. Right? So these are the things I think also we need to learn is to ask for help, mm. to be vulnerable, right? There's another element that's coming up, to be vulnerable enough to say very true. that I don't know. Okay, so thank you very much for sharing practical advice on how to navigate these interesting waters <laughs> and, to, <laughs> and to brace ourselves for a prolonged situation where we will feel out of control rather than accept it, embrace it. I think that's one of the biggest differences I would start to make after this conversation with you. I think there's a big difference between accepting and embracing a situation and that can really help towards feeling more again in charge or feeling more again empowered, I would say. Exactly. Embracing is empowered because it's not a giving in, it's a giving up, it's actually a becoming. Exactly. And I think that's a very proactive stance and into towards a, a situation that has left us a little bit, uh, well, you know, has thrown us a bit for a loop, I guess, in our usual response, uh, response mechanisms. But thank you very much for talking to us about uh, this complex topic. Thank you. Thank you very much for having me. Thank you, Ram. Thank you for listening to the Family Business Voice. Subscribe to our channels now on iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher, or Spotify to be notified of our weekly episodes. 